0: Together, we will win. Now, here's your hosts, Dave Stahl, Joe Dromisi, and Michael Schwartz on The Answer San Diego.
1: All right, folks, welcome to Gun Owners Radio, FM 961. AM
0: 1170, The Answer. Folks,
1: if you have legal matters that involve firearms, and you really need to call California's firearm lawyer, John Dillon, especially if you have questions about red flag laws, gun registration, gun transportation. Or maybe you just need to know that your guns are California compliant. Call our trusted firearms attorney, John Dillon. John Dillon specializes in California gun laws. Call 760-642-7150. Or you can visit his website at dillonlawgp.com. Before you get started, KUSI wanted me to thank you for all of the... Because we were talking about you and John Dillon. Hmm. And Tommy was just basically saying, you know, God, he does First he started talking about you. He says he's such a great interview. I said, well, he does a lot of work. Oh, that's nice. Tommy's oh, no. a great guy. Yeah, and then I, he turned around. He says, and then there's that John Dillon. He says, man, well, you talk did. about
2: somebody that knows gun laws. He says he, he didn't have to go that far. He, let's go back to the. <laughs> oh, he was complimenting just, me. Just let's stop. Yeah,
1: let's, uh, <laughs> did you really need to go that far, Dave?
2: John's yeah. the best. Tommy, if you're listening out there at KUSI, you guys are absolutely awesome. Uh, and uh, John really is good. I'm glad he. I'm glad he said that. that well, really I'm good.
1: glad now that they found him hmm because i don't they were not I introduced used, them yeah because they weren't using him before they weren't yeah. using well they were using some people but yeah so when and i just
2: wanted to yeah john's that. the best yeah yeah in fact i'm going to be on kusi a week from today in the morning we're going to talk about the roster mm-hmm. right and the, i uh, hooked safe.
1: you up with jason ostell yeah i got you scheduled to do heavy i know you you'd rather have ginger or somebody <laughs> too bad
2: but and he's now become jason and a new Paul. gun owner yeah jason's a new gun owner <laughs> he and i oh man often it's it's hilarious when i sit there all those anchors and it's not just kusi right it's anywhere you go all these anchors you'd be shocked all these anchors kind of off air go you know and they start asking me about guns and ccws and everything you'd be shocked i just came up with one of my wonderful ideas what's that
1: a gun social with reporters for eight ten thirty nine
2: Fox CW and, and KUSI. I think we should have a we should have a a, a, a contest to see which well, station get two per store <laughs> get call it, set it up get two per station. Ardi Ojeda, you it, think Artie Ojeda can shoot a gun from NBC? Oh yeah. Well, what would you
3: call it though? I mean, it can't. It's got to be as cool mm. as Guns and Moses. You know what? Uh, well, what would you it's, it, it's uh, got to be.
1: Um, i don't know kusi news shootout
2: yeah well or just yeah
3: okay guns and moses still is uh way <laughs> yeah. on top but you can't use guns and moses just for that no i said that's cool as. You oh uh, There's gotta yeah got gonna be a bar to reach for but so, that,
2: but i mean seriously wouldn't that be, i mean they had, i think it's a good but, idea honestly we've tried to do that with reporters in the past and getting on a reporter's calendar with something that's not a news story is like yeah but even it's if really difficult
1: do it off hours well, you or, yeah.
2: i mean
3: you got to be careful, too. The last time I saw a reporter do that, wasn't it a traumatic experience <laughs> and PTSD really. and all that stuff from yeah. New York?
2: Well, you'd be surprised, though. You'd truly be surprised. if Think of, think everybody listening out there, think of the anchor you watch every night, whatever station, and I'll bet you <laughs> they've, they've pulled me aside and said, hey, man, and talked about guns.
1: Yes, that's what I'm saying, because they're all curious about them. Yeah. And the ones that are asking the questions have never been around a gun.
2: Well, they're curious, but, and Joe, I mean, Joe, Joe and I have talked about this. It, it kind of cuts across, you know, at the end of the day, if you put all the political rhetoric aside, right. when people want protection, they know, they, like, okay, I want to be able to defend myself. That equals firearm like yeah. you, do, do i want a baseball bat no 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 i don't want a baseball do I bat want a knife mm, mm. i don't no, want a frying can. pan no
3: well and the other thing too with with news folks you know people in that industry no matter what they say on air they all know they see the statistics they see what's happening like in san diego with crime and stuff like that so you know i, I would think they're even more concerned probably than the average citizen would be because they yes. didn't see that i agree okay but one before- of our one of our great yeah.
1: Listeners. Yeah guns and newsies n-e-w-i-e-s
2: for the K- for the tv shootout all right hey so everybody bruin decision the supreme court is it wasn't bruin the bad guy how come we're not calling it the new york state rifle and pistol association decision because it's easier to say bruin than n-y-s-r-p-a sounds like uh <laughs> it sounds like like the u.s it was like u-c-l-a aren't they the bruin's <laughs> Sounds like it was like a UCLA thing. Yeah, right. All right. So, the Bruin decision, the Supreme Court decision that said no more good cause. And if you go on our social media, Orange County, Inland Empire, San Diego social media, you will see me and our buddy Bill DC, the CCW instructor. I I saw that. Did you see that? What'd you see? I saw him having a little bit of trouble with his new flame thrower, yeah. thrower there. <laughs> oh, I <laughs> so, see, but I didn't click on the video. He got, he got, he's the, he, he was won the, it. He won the flame thrower, and he and I—I I don't know if a lot of people know this—but it was he and I that sat down and put together the Good Cause Worksheet years ago. That's helped thousands of people get their CCW, and uh, so we decided that the most appropriate thing to do today was to go to the Clock Store parking lot and use the flame thrower on a, on a Good Cause Worksheet because there is no more need for Good Cause. So there's no more need for a Good Cause Worksheet are you excited so we just we just just flamed flamed
1: but you had 13 fire extinguishers around it for some reason
2: well (laughs) for a lot of good reasons it was uh it was kind of funny it was seriously started out as like a you know hey what are you doing the next thing i know we're in a parking lot and then it was here hold my beer beer. hey man what's going on nothing what are you doing nothing next thing i know we're in a parking lot with a (laughs) flamethrower was it a great was it a great uh Prize, it, yeah, but yet it was. But the prize really is the fact that we no longer, as much as I really liked that good cause worksheet, and as proud mm-hmm. as we are of all the work that we did, really want to get the message out there there is no more need for good cause, there is no more need for good cause. Just put NA where it asks for good cause until they update the application. Oh, put NA, NA, not applicable. And I'll tell you, it's uh, I mean, I've talked to people. I was talking to a guy about a week ago and said, yeah, you don't have to, no more good cause. No more good cause statement, no more good cause worksheet. And he goes, oh, okay, great. That's wonderful. So I think I'll be able to get it. And he started describing his good cause. I'm like, no, no, no. What did I just say? You know? (laughs) So people are so used to the idea that they have to do this.
1: Well, and how do you know the person behind the counter is not going to just
2: automatically say, where's your good cause letter? The clerks? Well, I know for a fact they had a big meeting, and I've talked to them. And uh, they, NA, the, it's the, I, I, that comes from the highest authority. and We've already had people go through and put NA, just put NA, just put NA. Um, they're very cooperative. They want to get you your CCW. Something like seven or eight hundred applications just since the, uh, the the Supreme Court decision came out. That's huge. I mean, they've only what do they approve, Joe? Like two hundred a month on a. I don't know, okay. on a good month yeah
1: well and your yeah. next appointment is Way
2: april 13th yeah you guys and gonna, that's jason you're gonna have to be really really patient um they're working on it the big uh the big uh what, what drives me nuts is you get these you get folks that automatically fall back on like a conspiracy theory like oh the sheriff doesn't want us to have a ccw so they're pushing the blah, blah, blah. that's not what's going on everybody in the entire state was just told you can get a ccw just be patient. We're working. Everybody's working hard you, on. What do you What do
1: you think the the bottleneck is? Because you I made know a, what the bottleneck
2: is. Because you made an
1: awesome statement last week. Yeah. When you said when you walk in to, and and fill out for your background. Yeah. They know instantly.
2: Right. Well. You. Okay. So the 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 bottleneck is the California Department of Justice. Everything gets processed through them, and they need they need a department with like thirty people, and they have like three. So so they're so it's just processing it is but it's it's that they're not putting the, the state not the sheriff's but the state they're not putting this as a priority in their and I whether or not they're doing it on purpose doesn't matter what matters is that we have to get they had they need funding they need to hire people they need to take this seriously and the
1: chances of that
2: are well we got to vote the right people in we got to put pressure on the bingo on the politicians right. and then we got to take them back to court because now we have this great tool you know, the fight's not over. It no. just started, and we just got the best tool we could An amazing tool for the toolbox, which is the Bruin decision. You just can't use it yet.
1: <laughs> well, <laughs> because there's no. a bottle there. Yeah, well, we're getting there. We're, we're getting there. It. It's a hammer. All right, we're going to take a quick break. Listen to Gun Owners Radio right here on FM 961 AM 1170. The answer. to Gun Owners Radio, FM
3: 961. AM 1170, The Answer. We're excited to announce our new partnership with the U.S. Concealed Carry Association. Beth Alcazar is next to talk about it. But first, do you feel safe? Are you protected?
1: Well, it's time to take ownership of your self-defense journey. The U.S. Concealed Carry Association believes the key ingredient is being a responsible firearms owner a proper training, and education. The USCCA offers comprehensive training that that helps you avoid danger while keeping you and your loved ones safe. More than 650,000 responsibly armed Americans like you have made the responsible decision to take control of protecting themselves and their families. Get hands-on training from certified instructors. Learn how to avoid danger. Defend yourself and protect your loved ones take responsibility for your own safety and visit uscca.com or g o backslash g o r
3: all right so we're yeah say hi to beth we're here i'll say my hero beth alcazar is here i think (laughs) beth are you there
4: i am here yes again this is so exciting
3: (laughs) oh welcome back yes imagine my excitement i talked to you two weeks ago here i left for a little hunting trip come back and you're here again Wow!
4: I mean, we always bring
3: the good back. We always
1: bring the
4: good back. (laughs) And And, even better so with partnership, too. How serendipitous is that? I'm so excited.
1: Well, and right now, this is such, such an important time with the gun sales that are going on. Holy moly. I know, and everybody thinks it's just California, but it's across the United States. So this, this is very opportune that you'd come on and chat with us.
4: Well, and I'm excited to be here. I I don't know if I drew the long straw, the short straw, or any straw at all, but I heard about the opportunity to jump back on with you guys. I said, oh, yes, me, me. I raised my hand.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right. So for folks that don't know who you are, here's a perfect opportunity.
4: Oh uh, sure, yeah. I my official official title, I guess, with USCCA is that I'm editor at large with Concealed Carry Magazine, the oh. award-winning, might I add, the award-winning Concealed Carry Magazine. But uh, I'm just uh, one of the lucky few that get to spend a lot of time with not just the content side that produces the magazine, but also the training side. So I get to do a lot with the curriculum and you know videos and blogs and just all across the board. I get to be part of some of the really awesome stuff that we're producing to help folks all across the nation learn more about responsible gun ownership.
3: Wow. So Beth, um, just for the one or two listeners that may not know what USCCA is, can you give us just a, uh, kind of brief description, you know, what you guys are, what you do and everything for us?
4: Yeah, I mean, the high-level overview, we're a membership organization that is 650,000 strong, responsible armed Americans all over the U.S., and I believe that's including over 60,000 just in California. And obviously our mission is training and education, and, of course, that's where our emphasis is. We're industry, and we also believe the right of all Americans to embrace the responsibility for safe protection of their families. So we believe that everyone has that right, we support it, and we hopefully offer some resources for folks who are just looking to dig a little deeper and know a little bit more and just understand what their rights and responsibilities are.
3: Yeah, and that's such an important thing too, because um, you know, I always talk about USCCA. Uh, I do a couple of uh, concealed carry seminars each month just uh, explaining to folks, okay, what's the process? You know, If you want to get your concealed carry, what do you have to go through? And, uh, I always touch on, on your organization and the importance of that too, because I think it's important, um, not only for gun, I mean, not only for, uh, concealed carriers, but for gun owners in general is, um, you know, to have the education, the training, the access to it. Cause that's what drew me to, um, USCCA. You know, I've been a member for, I, don't know, I think four or five years, something like that. Um, but it's just the, the training and the education part of it, you know, the, the access to, um national type uh, instructors and really a uh, high quality video and training material it is really great to keep uh, people, you know, out of trouble so that you know what you do, uh, what you can do, what you can't do, what you should do to stay out of ever getting in a position where you have to use a firearm.
4: It's so true. And, you know, it helps us all understand um, just so much more thoroughly that, you know, kind of when we, a lot of us start out in the, gun ownership category you know we don't necessarily know all the details we're very focused on the physical training and then we start to learn more about how there's such a mental side to this and a mindset but you know beyond that too there's financial there's legal there's so many ways that we need to be prepared to keep ourselves and our families safe and that's honestly the reason i pursued i really pursued the uscca for a job relentlessly went after them for years and worked side by side with them for many of those years and Finally kind of landed myself on the payroll officially about six years ago. And I just, I love this opportunity to be able to use my background in education and say, you know, hey, we're using those same methodologies for training and helping people and hopefully making a real difference.
1: So that's a perfect segue, Beth. I like the way you did that. So (laughs) I'm brand new. I'm listening to Gun Owners Radio and I hear about this. Tell me, as a listener that hasn't got a clue, what's the process? What, what do I need to do to get to the other end of the of the road, totally trained and educated?
4: Oh, I wish there were like an end of that journey for sure. I think there's constantly the the yeah. idea in our head, the the question, you know, what's next, and yeah, that's true. kind of that's my mission really is to maybe get others to come away from every class or every experience with training with that question: where do I go next? What what other training do I seek out? So because,
1: where are your classes? I mean, if I'm in San Diego, oh, yeah. that's kind of what I'm talking about. Do I have to sign up? And do I have to have my own gun? Do I have to have my own aunt? you know what are the kind of some of the 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 list of things that the the consumer is going to need to do when they come to you?
4: Well, with USCCA what's awesome is you can go onto the website and look for not just training opportunities that we have mm-hmm. online, mm-hmm. you can also look specifically in your area. So you could put in your zip code your address or anything so you're
1: nationwide so you're nationwide
4: absolutely absolutely nationwide and we have you know 10,000 I think certified instructors all over the country right now and I believe roughly 300 or so are right there in California so one of them's
2: Joe right Joe well it's funny (laughs) they're both uh, rolling their eyes Uh as
1: if I didn't do my homework so, I guess we have facilities and people here in San Diego that can fulfill the need.
3: Well, uh, what's nice, if you're a USCCA um, certified instructor, like some of us are, uh, we could we can post our class here on our website. He's so
2: snooty about it. <laughs> he was such wow. a snooty comic. He was just looking down his nose at you both of us, safe. Dave. Oh, like I throwing gotta, the gauntlet.
3: Come or else I'll, I'll never get a word in here. I have to say something. Right. Oh, but be
1: abusive.
3: <laughs> But, um, but no, it's nice moment. because, um, like Beth was saying, if you're looking for training, you can go to the USCCA site. You can type in your zip code. And they just and give you a list of, list of trainers. Yeah, well, li- if you're looking for in-person training, yes, it'll list everything in the area. All the way up from here, I think I saw things all the way up through Orange County. Um, okay, but Mr. Then instructor, not you- being okay, go ahead. prejudiced.
1: Group? Or individual, which would the consumer get the best benefit from?
3: What think? I saw on there were or mostly group trainings, but uh, there's no reason if I wanted to do if I wanted to offer individual trainings, I bet I could figure out a way to put it on there because the dashboard is really nice. It's really easy to work with, and the USCCA people are great because I'm, I'm not a computer guy, so it's like I relearn it every time yeah. I do it. Well, and I um, don't
1: take a cruise, so I'm not into crowds. So if I could get an individual one-on-one.
3: You could if they're offering, you know, it depends on what instructors are offering gotcha. what. But uh, the other thing, too, is if uh, you're not into the class thing, there's a ton of really good um, online video training that they have there. Oh, really? Yeah, and I just did some of Beth's, actually. Beth, uh, didn't you just do one with um, with the Concealed Carry Lifestyle, Beth?
4: We did, yeah. Steve Fisher and Justin Peters and I did. Kind of, some of it was a little tongue in cheek, but it was for all those new folks that. You know we're welcoming into the two-way community to kind of get the wet get them started
1: yeah you can't be too you can't be too stiff otherwise you'll lose everyone
4: no, exactly so we had some fun with that whole uh i think they broke it up into two different sections but we had a great time with that conceal carry lifestyle section of protector academy and all the other great online uh resources that uscca has it was always fun to be invited to do those things and hope I'll be invited back.
3: (laughs) Well, you know, and that, that is a big deal because what we do out here is, okay, the state mandates an eight hour class and you go through the class Mm. and these people have their CCW and then it's like, okay, now what? You know, okay, they have the CCW, they may be new to guns. They're Mm -hmm. certainly new to concealed carry. And it's like, well, what do I do now? Cause you know, there's, there's a million things that you need to learn aside from the gun. And uh, that's why I thought your your classes, uh, your little video things, were a good start there that you guys had.
1: How long are they? How long would you say they are?
4: Well, there's different uh, segments to the way that they split it up, and I think each one of them could end up being anywhere from eight to fifteen minutes. So little chunks of information that's perfect. Watch that's perfect.
1: when's Mm -hmm. the last time you sat and watched a two-hour video on (laughs) anything? Yeah.
4: No, not anymore. So you
1: guys have thought this out basically. And I guess that's the reason I'm yeah. saying it. So if somebody's listening, or maybe you're not brand new to gun ownership. Maybe maybe you've had a gun your whole life. Go take a look at these videos. It you know, it's kinda like taking the driver's test again.
4: Yeah. And I mean if there's something specific you're looking for, you can pretty much find it through USCCA right now. I mean, we've got some really great skill builders. We've got things about red dots. You know, of course, that's the the new big thing pretty much for everybody now. They've got pistol mounted optics. That is just the way to go. And mm-hmm. you know, we've got also just some, you know, everyday folk kind of stuff. I'm new or I don't know where to start or I don't know where to go next. Or maybe it's safe storage and staging opportunities. Or maybe you are digging a little bit deeper. And luckily, there are many skill levels and opportunities that are represented through the USCCA and the way that they've built the classes too you can kind of start out at a level and pass that level and then Mm -hmm. all these other things open up to you and you know that's exciting and fun as people are almost gamifying it too sometimes where you can earn their little badges and all this Mm -hmm. stuff and you know see what you've accomplished and some people really love to be able to kind of go back and you know see a visual representation of things that you've done and and learned
1: Mike still has his first target
4: <laughs> See,
1: I wish I, I've seen that hanging on your wall. I kind of wish I did. That would be so cool. It would have been a BB gun, but it would still would have been your first. Target. <laughs> <laughs> hey, can you hang with us uh, yes. for another segment? Yes, you can.
4: Sure, sure thing.
1: All right. Well, don't touch that dial, folks. You're listening to Gun Owners Radio FM ninety six AM eleven seventy. The answer. Welcome back. You're listening to Gun Owners Radio, FM 961, AM 1170. The answer. So do you have trouble fitting in workouts, fitting workouts into your busy schedule? Well, hey, you've got to try Leo Fit. Leo Fit is a super high-tech gym that delivers the benefits of three to six hours of traditional strength training in just two, count them, two 20-minute sessions a week. Yes, that sounds hard to believe, but because the machines are computer-controlled, they deliver the maximum weight you can safely handle by the second. That's how you get the highest possible return on your fitness investment and time. Founded by Leo Hamill at the Jewelry Store, Fame Leo fit guarantees increased metabolical strength and fitness in every session. You will not understand how effective it is until you try it. 20 minutes twice a week will replace hours of lifting weights and aerobics. Sign up on the website at leofitlabs.com or type Leo Fit in your browser for more information and sign up for a free
2: session. All right. All right, we're talking to Beth Alcazar from... It, for, you're here representing USCCA, right?
5: That's correct.
2: Excellent. USCCA. I, gotta tell, I tell people, you know, we do these CCW seminars where we teach people how to get their CCW... Um, you know, you can start to get your CCW a few years ago now. Um, but of course the, the Supreme court case made it easier. So we were teaching people how to get their CCW and what to write and all that other good stuff. And I would tell people that, look, if you're getting your CCW, you have admitted to yourself that at some point it's a realistic possibility that you might have to defend yourself with a firearm. And if you've, if you've admitted that there is an equal chance that you're going to need an attorney. Because if you do that, if you defend yourself with lethal force using a firearm, you're definitely going to need an attorney here in California. And if if you've resigned to that fact, you've got to get some kind of service like USCCA. I think that that's probably the best way of putting it. I think too many people think, hey, you know what, I'm going to buy a gun for defense, but I'm not going to get the coverage. Well, there's an equal chance of you needing an attorney as there is you using a firearm for self-defense.
1: Is that like buying a car and not buying the insurance? Really, when you stop, hey, it's a lot it? like that. Yeah, yeah, the other one hurts more. But I mean, pocketbook wise, because if you get caught or anything happens and you don't have this kind of protection,
2: I, I there's, a, I think it's even more important though with a firearm because when you buy a car, yeah, you don't buy a car thinking I better buy a car because I'm gonna get, I'm gonna need to get into an accident soon. I've seen you drive. <laughs> you know what I mean? I've seen you drive. <laughs> yeah, but when you buy a firearm for yeah. self defense, yeah. you're saying, Hey, I'm probably gonna have to use this. At so some that breaks up a great question. So it's even more important. How much is it? That's that's for Beth. Is Beth, that, is that above your yeah. pay grade? And
4: the, yeah, that's not a question I get to answer. They oh. can find out the different levels and oh. the different opportunities okay. that you know hopefully will meet everybody's needs on the USCCA website. Okay. And, that way, I don't have to sound like some salesperson or anything. Well, they can dig into those details and find out all the value adds and all the awesome stuff that speaks to them individually. And that's even
1: better than saying it's five dollars, ten dollars, or twenty dollars, because now you got them going to the website. And if they're anything like me, they're going to forget the question, enjoy the website, <laughs> and wait for
2: you to come True. back on the air so I can ask a question again. No, really kidding. <laughs> so, what, what are your Beth? What do you think about the Bruin decision?
4: Oh, my gosh. Well, I had opportunities to speak to that just the other day, and I was—I haven't read all, all 135 pages just yet. I'll admit that. But I was very intrigued by Justice Alito's um, quotes. I, I actually pulled some out and kind of chewed on them. I was just amazed. I feel like this is so long overdue. I feel like this is not just important to gun owners. I think it's important for law-abiding citizens that, you know, we have been heard, you know, and that I think before this came through, the fact that we needed a prerequisite, or not we personally, but New Yorkers or those in other states that were similar, yeah. California, yeah, that we, somehow you needed to produce a reason or proof to have your Second Amendment right be employed or protected, It just that to me is just heart-wrenching because that really says that the government doesn't trust or support law-abiding citizens at all. And we kind of know that, but I think that this being on the books so long was proof of that. So, we've been heard. Law-abiding citizens. We have been heard. (laughs) And you said
2: Justice Alito's quotes? What what did you like in particular? Do you remember? Yeah,
4: you know, yeah, there's a couple things that really stood out to me. For one thing, he was actually quoting some of the information that a lot of us in the gun community and the Second Amendment community use when we're talking about the flip side to statistics. And what I mean by that is what about the upwards of two point five million defensive gun uses that are recorded annually in the U.S. You know, alone. Uh, a lot of people don't want to touch those. They don't want to talk about those. They want to talk about murder, or they want to talk about people using firearms in, in dangerous or evil ways. But even Justice Alito brought this up, and I was so excited, like, wow, if someone from the Supreme Court is using this, this makes me feel even better when I'm quoting from the same thing.
0: Yeah. I also
4: loved, I loved one other thing that stood out for me. He was also replying to the dissent and this was amazing to me. He says, and this is direct quote, while the dissent seemingly thinks that the ubiquity of guns in our country's high level of gun violence provide reasons for sustaining the New York law, the dissent appears not to understand that it is these very facts that because law-abiding citizens to feel the need to carry a gun. For Bam. Self defense.
2: Bam. Bam. <laughs> <laughs> I think, by the way, I think that was Justice Thomas, though, not Alito. Oh, I, I thought it was
4: Alito. No, was the uh, Thought it was yeah, Clarence Thomas. He didn't, the, he didn't hold the court opinion. He was
6: basically referring right. to the dissent.
2: They're oh, that just oh, okay, no, okay. They're just you.
1: picking on Thomas.
2: Well, oh, they really are. But uh, I, uh, I thought it was great. I mean, they really, really. I, th- I haven't gotten through the dissent yet. I really, really want to read the dissent. But yeah. I was really impressed. They with, did their job. They, well, they went hard in the paint, man. But they went. Yeah. They
1: did their job. Yeah, their da- job description is exactly what they did. And I think people need to understand that. You can't change what it's supposed to be.
2: I agree. I agree. How did, what, what state are you in, Beth? I'm in Alabama. You're, okay. So Come on you out guys, to
1: California.
2: You I'll guys, buy you yeah, lunch.
4: Right? <laughs> you know, you guys... We're one of the, we're one of the twenty-five constitutional carry now, so that was a recent decision, not long ago for us, and a big win after ten years of fighting for it.
1: Oh, uh, we'll never get you out of there then, because you could not even <laughs> think
2: about that out here. I don't know if no. it was—I don't know if it's changed since you guys went constitutional carry, but at one point, Alabama had the highest uh, percentage of CCWs yes. issued to adults. Yes, it was something like twenty percent. We 20%.
4: Still currently do. <laughs> mm-hmm. nice. yes, we were the highest for—I think first. I think we were. I think we were like the second highest for a while. Then we were in first place. And I think, honestly, even though we're concealed carry, I mean, even though we're constitutional carry recognized starting in January, I believe you'll still see high numbers of the concealed carry permit because we have believers in the Second Amendment that want to travel and want reciprocity. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we're not going to just give up on that. We want to make sure that. You know, there's not some weird cross the border and all of a sudden you are wanted by the, right. the police officers right next to you. <laughs> right.
2: So we had I don't remember if we talked to you about this last time. So If we did, I apologize. But one thing that we've talked about with others and Joe uh, has discussed is uh, is, you know, we're all responsible gun owners. So we're big fans of, hey, get the training that you need to get. Um, in order to be, you know, safe and 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 do everything you, you, right, you know, when it comes to gun ownership. Mm,
1: yeah.
2: um, but then, you know, w- w- when you talk about mandated training, you know, mm-hmm. so what what are your thoughts on mand- government mandated training? Um, because that's kind of a, I, I think it's a discussion worth having in the gun community when states do go constitutional carry. We're very, very happy about the fact that it's it's freedom and it's it's the, the spirit of the uh, Second Amendment, I believe, um, but it it, it kind of conflicts with how how dedicated we are to to training. Do you, do you have any thoughts on that?
4: Yeah, I totally understand. And I think there there sometimes does feel like there's this disconnect. I mean, I've been part of the the world of academia as an educator for more than 20 years now. I'm, you know, finishing up my doctorate degree in education. This is something very, very serious to me. And I am a big believer in getting as many people educated and trained as we absolutely possibly can. The problem comes with who's in charge of that, who makes those decisions. And that's what we've seen time and time again, that You put somebody or get somebody in a decision-making role when it comes to what is the mandated training or what are these hoops that people have to jump through to be able to have a permit or a firearm or a certain amount of rounds. And then you have what happened in New York, California, all over again. You have people deciding that, you know what, these people need proof to have a gun in the first place and you have people saying hey eight hours of training isn't enough it needs to be 800 or maybe one day they're going to just decide oh wow average citizens definitely shouldn't have guns I'm glad I'm in a position mandating training because now if they don't have the same amount that law enforcement gets we're just not going to allow it at all so I feel as much as I support education across the board what we can never really agree with or support or get on board with is the fact that some people believe that they have the control of that and that they can force that or mandate it, especially when it's a constitutionally supported natural right of the people. So that's where you have to draw a line.
2: What do you think is the most important thing? I've, I've kind of, you know, we've, we've retooled the, uh, the presentation that we give on how to get your CCW and I've broken down training into like four different groups. Cause when you tell people, Hey, you really need to get training. Well, that, I think most people think that we're talking about in essence marksmanship but sure, but sure. really you know there's a there's you know the, the legalities there are the basic you know functions of a firearm there's marksmanship and then there's how to move you know what what yeah. to do and how yeah. to move in a, in, a, in a firefight for for lack of a better term. What do you think if, if you know, there's going to be a lot of people in California that are getting their CCW for the first yeah. time, they've never yes. carried, what would you tell them about, you know, what, what, what should they concentrate on?
4: Well, you know, there's a lot of layers and moving parts to that, really. And I think what people need to do is kind of decide, maybe almost <laughs> think about being in college or think about those years where you're kind of declaring a major and you're trying to pick and choose the coursework that is going to most support whatever that major might be. So let's say, for instance, someone really wants firearms as a sport, something that they can work on with their family and and improve on their skills and maybe get involved with competition, that might be one completely different pathway where they are focused on those marksmanship courses. And then maybe they're taking some of those shooting and movement courses that just, you know, layers onto those fundamentals, but in an order that makes sense and is not some kind of cognitive overload. But then on the other hand, if you have someone that's just sincerely 100 percent, this is self-protection, this is for me, my family, my loved ones, then sure, marksmanship is a great starting point in learning basics and fundamentals. But then you've got to look at the defensive side of things. Defensive shooting and the mindset for that, completely different. We're talking about the difference of, you know, maybe not having any fundamentals in place. It's literally aim-gun, press-trigger under the context of the dynamic critical incident, which is super hard to do. And then, of course, along with that, like you mentioned, you've got to be able to understand when is your right to legally protect your life with a firearm? When is that allowed? When is that protected? What kinds of things need to be in place for you to go to that last resort? So definitely those um, mindset classes, those um, classes that include legal aspects that really hit home and sometimes frighten us. And sometimes make a second guess, should I even have this gun? Those are the kinds of things we need.
1: Okay. Man, it's always great having you on the air. Give the website out one more time.
4: They need to go to usconcealedcarry.com. And now, because we're partners with you, I believe it's backslash uh, G-O-R.
1: Yep, that's right. Absolutely correct. Hey, you have an absolutely fabulous 4th of July, and I hope you enjoy cleaning your guns. (laughs)
4: Absolutely. Happy Independence Day, everyone.
1: You got it. All right. We're going to take a quick break. Listen to Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1 AM 1170, The Answer. All right, folks. Hey, welcome back. You listen to Gun Owners Radio.
2: FM 961 AM 1170. The answer. You've probably heard about the database leak by the state of California. The name, address, and age of everyone who has a California CCW was posted to a California DOJ website for the entire world to see. Doxing gun owners is completely and totally unacceptable, incompetence, or malfeasance. Either way, it's a horrible offense. But do you wish cleaning your gun was easier? Well, you can clean it with lube
1: and lube and protect it with Seal 1. Seal 1 CLP Plus is natural, non-toxic, and environmentally friendly. Clean your gun easier, faster, and, you know, you'll even smell better, too. One and done with Seal 1. Ask for it by name at your local gun shop, or you can get it online at seal1.com. That's seal1.com. Number Okay, so all the guns you have, I heard it's close to a gun store, but... I've not seen them. Say what? A small gun store.
3: Oh, I'm not here. Well, oh there you are. There a you small gun, Am I back? A, a small, s- a small gun store.
1: And I know I'm putting you on the spot, but have you ever tried seal one on your guns?
3: Yeah, actually, there's certain ones I use it on. I use it on my 1911, and I actually use it on the um, on the bolt of my uh, of my rifle because uh, it works well. It's just easy to put on there, and it leaves a nice um, kind of coating on there. Once you wipe it off, so, so couldn't I, you I use, use it, it
1: on devices. all your guns though?
3: I could, yeah. It's, I haven't figured it out because I have the paste version of it, and uh, it's a little weird to uh, do the barrels like that. I don't know, uh, Mike, did you use it? The, well, you, yeah. you heat he yours puts up his and ref- roast yeah. it He now. puts his under the I sink. I do weird stuff. Yeah, I don't do that with mine. You know
1: uh, what? I'll bet you $100 if you go to seal1.com, there's a place you could ask that question.
3: They may, and they may actually have, I haven't looked, because I have the paste version, but I think mm-hmm. they have a, do they not have a liquid yeah, or they have a liquid. version of that? That's what I thought. Yeah, I just don't have that. But,
1: so there's homework for you. So mm-hmm. next week, you call these guys up and find out, can you use it on every gun in your gun? Yeah. Oh, I'm sure you I can. can.
2: Yeah. I mean, no. No. I just don't on On, every on gun. the inside of your barrel, do you use a snake or a rod or um, what do you use I brush. do, and, and I'll typically spray
3: oil down in there. A and snake? Then, um, yeah, well, you have to with the snake, I found out, or the snake binds up in there yeah so the uh, uh, but, uh just put a that real snake? found that out early
2: on put that gel all over the snake that's all you do oh, I've, okay. I've done that you just take take the gel and just slime it up and then stick it down there
3: okay, okay. maybe i'll try that because i'd like Damn. to actually do that uh, again on the rifle because i'd like to be all consistent with it I'm, right I don't really want to have two different kinds of uh, stuff in there if I can avoid you that. You can't.
2: i got to tell you, that I've made that mistake. Once you pick a a cleaner and a solvent, mm-hmm. stick with it for the rest uh, of your life. Don't switch in and out. It'll get all goopy. The chemical reactions. The chemicals react to each other, yeah. and especially if you have one that's uh, organic and one that's not, or one that's oil-based. One well,
1: that's not.
2: It, oh, my God. So let me ask you even a more important gooey. question.
1: Do you have to buy a gun cleaning kit for each different weapon
2: you own well you have to buy the whatever you use you have to buy the thing that that the kit that goes with uh, it. not the For kit that goes with different it. Have, calibers yeah the caliber it has to be caliber specific so 90 percent of that kit goes to every gun but then the 10 percent is caliber specific
5: so uh, so like if you're putting a
2: snake down your your boar that comes in the kit it's got to be the right caliber. If you're putting a, oh, uh, a, a, a patch on so you your 22,
1: board, or a nine millimeter, right. The, needless to say, the nine mm is not going to work on the 22.
2: Right. Yeah. Twelve gauge shotgun snakes right. not going gotcha. down a 22 barrel. And can you buy a universal kit? Or
1: yeah, that's, that was my point. Yeah. Like if I have that 22, then I have a kit to clean a 22.
2: I, you know, if you get a cleaner, a solvent, some patches, and something for, some your, for your for your
1: bore. You're,
2: you're done. done. You're done.
1: What do you put on the wood? Uh wood pledge. Yeah, I think You know, you're easy. the third guy to sell me pledge. Okay, I think we drifted a little bit off topic because we you were real serious I there. Was. And then we went cleaning.
2: All right, go ahead, Joe.
3: I got a few minutes left here. Are you talking about this? Oh, you've got, cool. <laughs> hey, you got cool. You got 10 minutes. <laughs> so, uh yeah, this week's article, uh How low will they go in reaction to the uh Supreme Court decision. So, you can find this on the uh, getagrip.substack.com. You can find it on our web uh page sdcgo.org on the go under news and then blog so you'll see it on there too. So what I wanted to write about was um, okay how is uh, California and some of the more oppressive states likely to react uh, to the Supreme Court thing and actually California got off to a good start um, where you know they issued uh, Rob Bonta the attorney general actually issued instructions what the next day to all the issuing agencies to uh, no longer ask for um, you know good cause. Uh, statements on the concealed carry of applications, which uh, I thought, okay, that's good, that's a good sign, because he
1: because ju- he jumped on it. Yeah, well, he didn't I mean, lag that, it out three weeks.
3: Well, it's nice because um, you know, I would expect them to fight and claw and resist and not pay attention to that's it, what, it. Yeah, that was possible. kind of my point too. And I ta- I um, did uh, hear from John uh, Petrolino today, who said in New Jersey they seem to be going along with it so far. Um, they're not resisting like I've, I guess Massachusetts is resisting, and California is. Uh, but, um, he said New Jersey so far seems to be just, okay, well, we're going to go with it. Uh, so we'll see. He's, uh, he's out to sea now, but he, uh, he said hello by the way. So, um, but, um, the pen Patriot, the pen Patriot, Correct. the Italian, that's the guy. <laughs> so, um, So anyway, uh, you know, I thought, okay, California's getting off to a good start. That's good. They instructed all the issuing agencies uh, to no longer ask for good cause. And then, what, a day later, a day or two later, they uh, inadvertently release all of the gun owner information. And again, you know, what I'm writing about, okay, this is my opinion. I I don't, I wasn't there. I don't know. But I find it really difficult to believe (laughs) that was inadvertent. It was a mistake. I I think it was intentional. Isn't Um, it
1: easier to say you're sorry?
3: I well yeah except they're not sorry no but, no no uh, but
1: well they they basically <laughs> said
3: oh this was he's not dead. sorry he's angry I heard he's mad he's going to get to the bottom of it that's what I heard yeah. uh, Bonta said yeah right. but um yeah I kind of get to the bottom any any more than they're going to get to no. the bottom of who uh, released the Supreme Court draft a couple of weeks
1: ago you knows how they forgot about that
3: yeah that's gone now anything but um but no with this one uh you know what I think this was I think this was a in my words, I, this was a shot across the bow. Mm-hmm. This was a warning shot to gun owners, to potential gun mm-hmm. owners, uh, to people considering concealed carry. Um, that, Hey, you know what? You guys don't really have these rights. This is what we can do. We're in charge and this is what we can do to you. And, um, I think that's what that was. Um, I don't know if anything will come of, did you, Michael, did you get to see, um, that thing when it was posted up there? Because I know when I found out, by the time I found out about it, it was down already. It was gone.
2: I didn't actually see it, but um, you know, there was actually a journalist up. Uh, there was a, a, a local paper up up north in California, and they posted a story about it. And their graphic was a screenshot, so like fifteen or twenty of the names. You know, there was this story about how horrible. You oh, know, a the, screenshot, the, the, of it. and then a screenshot of all the information. Um, people, just ridiculous. I didn't actually see it. But my understanding is your name, your address, your gender, um, Probably your, social security. Your, your, your date of birth. I don't remember social, but a, like really bad information. Really horrible information.
1: So is this not going to take the new gun owners that are coming in? Isn't that going to keep them away from getting the CCW? Well,
3: I think that's the intent. It's it's meant to intimidate Yeah, people, but then how I are think.
1: you going to catch – I mean, then how is the government – going to catch all these people if they're not
3: registering their guns well they, or, they'd or rather get, have, well, me, they have not own a gun uh yeah. you know next best choice i guess is to register the gun right but um that's what i mean i think it was just an intentional thing and um we'll see uh terrible
1: how distrusting the, we are of our
3: government well you know and it's not Not. i mean i try well, that's to, why well if you look at yeah, what they point. do I mean that's you know I try to give them the benefit of the doubt and you try not to be like that but I mean if it's based on behavior look at the uh, the state of New York right if you want to see an extreme case right who is that the governor there Hokum or whatever her name is Hokum you know they just passed legislation so they knew it was coming I think they were ready for it because they had it on there she signed it the other day I think she signed it Friday right but they've essentially banned. They've restricted places where you can carry a gun Mm -hmm. with a concealed carry permit, but they've restricted almost everywhere. I mean, (laughs) it's like Times Square, it's sidewalks, it's schools, it's public transportation.
2: So, and and this is kind of what this decision is not the absolute solution. It's a tool for the toolbox because they're just going to have to go back. Joe, I don't think, it's not going to, like, you know, banning uh, carry in a non-sensitive area like a, like a um, like a park or something, it's not going to stand.
3: Well, seeing they get the they get to uh, define sensitive area, and that's what uh, Petrolino said to me this morning. You know, he said they're going to that'll get stayed on Monday yeah, morning as soon yeah. as the courts open. Right. Um, Tuesday morning. But you know what? I think one of the better things, or one of the um, more powerful things about this um, this ruling. I mean, it was a great ruling, but the idea that uh, they have to treat these things now as a constitutional issue. So rather than uh, the difference i guess between intermediate scrutiny and strict scrutiny whereas um in the past they've been um states like california have been arguing you know in in uh support of these gun control laws and they've been using the uh what they call it the balancing type uh, approach to it where they balance the public safety yeah. or their perception of public safety with uh, my right as a uh, you know as an american as a citizen mm-hmm. and they should no longer be able to do that if i understood this ruling correctly i think that's what justice thomas said and it's it's not a second class uh, right anymore it's an actual right it's like uh, you know it's like all the other rights so they won't be able to use that yeah. that balancing thing so the state's gonna have to come up with you know much more solid evidence that you know to support their case so like what uh, what John was saying, if, um, you know, that'll get challenged in, in court on Monday, the New York thing. And, um, you know, I think the state's not going to be able to support that, and it'll go away eventually, but... You know, we have to go through this thing. So, like you're saying, Michael, it's not. This is the start. This, this is, is not the, the be,
2: end. This is the beginning of 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 all our efforts, not the end. People think, hey, we got this great Supreme ooh, Court ooh, thing. No, no. no this the, the
1: road just began.
2: Yeah, we found this. What what they did is we're we're still in the in the fight, but they just untied our hands. Right. So now we actually have some uh, solid get, foundation. Now they're going to get punched. Yeah. What? So you got to get involved, everybody. Well, in
3: California too. Who's the other the anti gun assembly? I mean, the one that that always jumps on his Panta? The one Petrolina. Petrolino, yeah. uh, which I, I saw his proposed bill. Is that the same minutes. name of the guy on the boat? No, that's uh, no,
2: that's John.
1: Oh wait, yeah, you guys Port, Portantino, Portantino. Portantino, that's right. not John, Sorry, John Petrolino. John. Sorry, John. John. See, John,
2: <laughs> dude, I'm covered for the you. The Italian, man. the Gabagool
1: uh, yeah. Patriot. I don't want him <laughs> after me, man. The Patriots. Yeah. <laughs> All right, hey, we're gonna take a quick break. Oh no, 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 no. We still got another hour. Don't touch that dial, Gun Owners Radio. FM 961. AM 1170. The answer.
0: Welcome back to Hour 2 of Gun Owners Radio with your hosts Dave Stahl, Joe Germisi, and Michael Schwartz. Visit GunOwnersRadio.com with your questions and comments or to learn how to become a sponsor of the show. Time to get involved and get active. Together, we will win. Now here's Dave, Joe, and Michael on The Answer San Diego. Now that's
1: somebody you should take no, we're not. All right, folks. Welcome back to Gun Owners Radio, FM ninety six one, AM eleven seventy. The answer. Where the show is always better off
2: air. <laughs> hey, Joe. I heard you cut your wild pig hunting trip short. What happened?
3: I just got bored. Goodness, so that I have to get paid to do that. That's funny. Uh, you get it
1: to do it. Yeah, I, Dave. I think I got it. Uh huh. All right. Well, you know what? A lot it's of play companies are so frustrated with their websites. Just like that last joke. It looks old. It's out of date. It's not getting any customers to listen. But you know what? SageTree can fix it. Since 2005, SageTree has been helping uh, companies with websites that look great, work great, and get leads. Stop being frustrated by your website and get one of those that you'll be proud of. Contact SageTree today. Go to their website or even make a phone call. Get started easy at 866-728-9100, 866-728-9100. Or you can just go to their website today, and they will fix you
2: up. All right, what did we check? Did you have to really cancel your
3: payout? No, your I had a great hunting you trip. Great t- it was
2: awesome. I'm really jealous. You know, I've never hunted in my life, Joe. So Never?
3: No.
1: So You you're- sit in a tree?
3: No, no trees. No you chased trees. them?
2: Uh, yeah.
1: See, that's what I was told. I was going to go with somebody with a bow and arrow, and I was supposed to chase the pig under the tree?
3: Well, I think it depends. Well, I
1: actually no. the pig was going to chase me under the
3: pig. As long anyway. as the pig gets under the tree. How many right? did that's, you get? Uh, I got the one that I wanted. So when are we having barbecue? So uh, as soon as it gets here. Well, are tell the sh- story. I want to hear the story. Uh, the butcher. Oh, you're not oh, that's hungry? Something, um... oh, what? You're not hungry? I am, but... <laughs> let's kill a few more minutes and then i'll, then I'll get into the yeah. story
1: no no seriously <laughs> well kind of you start at the beginning to the end because i don't think there's many millions of people that have ever boar hunted was this a
3: guided I mean, well, tour yeah take a breath for a minute i'll, okay. I'll jump into it here so, for it. <laughs> um so what yeah this is something i've been wanting to do for years um and a friend of mine invited me to go on a trip he this was his third year going up there and um we up, went up where we went about. I think it's five or six hours north here, just past Paso Robles. Um, oh, still in California. Yeah, yeah, okay. near King City is where it was out of. And um, the, uh, the guide service we went with is uh, Nesson Schmidt, who I may have them call in here in a couple of weeks just to talk about it. Um, but it worked out really well. So we, uh, we drove up there, and um, it, was, it was interesting because the, the friend of mine that invited me is a retired uh, L.A. County Sheriff – and we picked up two of his buddies uh, on the way up, who are also retired sheriffs. And then there were four other guys up there, two of which one was a retired sheriff, the other one was a working sheriff. So it was like cop stories all weekend. Jeez. Um, but we get up there, and uh, you know we're staying in a house, which was part of the deal. And uh, the guides come and pick us up at uh, 4:15 on Saturday morning. So we follow them about uh, probably about 15 miles out to this uh, area where we're going to hunt. And this guide service has access to five or six big ranches. I think where we were at, they said it was like 56,000 acres. Um, so they're big. It looks like cattle ranches. And they, they grow, where we were, they grow barley to feed the cattle. Um, so that's what the pigs are after. And uh, it's beautiful area. It's, uh, it's just big rolling hills with oak trees. And so it's really nice up there. So we get up there, and um, they've got, uh, you know, there's eight of us. So they got three uh, ATVs. So there's a guide in each ATV. So my friend and I get in the one ATV and um, the other guys get in the other ones and we split up. So we, uh, we go out to this, uh, we're sitting in this valley at the end of this long valley. And um, it's still dark. It's probably, let's see, we start at 415. It's probably 515, something like that. So the sun's not up yet. It's just starting to get light. And um, the guy looks at me. I'm sitting in the front seat. So he says, okay, keep your eye out down at the other end of the valley. Uh, if these pigs come over, they'll come over that hill and come down that game trail. So I said, OK, so sitting there and, and mind you, I, I'm not a, a hunter or I am now, I guess, <laughs> uh, but I'm not really a hunter. So, OK, my first time out there, I got my rifle that I've been practicing with. And um, so we're sitting there about 10, 15 minutes and the guide says, all right, there's one, there's one. And he um, look, you know, way down the other end, a couple hundred yards down. We see this pig coming over the hill, running down the hill. So he floors this ATV. So we're flying down there now toward this pig and we're bouncing all around trying to hang on to the rifle i'm hanging on to the atv and he said okay when we get up there we stop jump out and shoot him I said okay cool Fish so, in a barrel. Uh, <laughs> so we get up there and um he comes uh, screeching to a halt the pig is by this time has come down one hill went across the flat and it's running up the other side
1: coming right towards you
3: no running across the front of us. oh i got um, you oh side to side so i jump out i uh swing the rifle up uh, the pig appears in my scope. <laughs> I fire the first shot and I hit him, but I hit him back a little bit, and a little bit low, more in the belly area. And the, uh, the guy's yelling, okay, shoot again, shoot again, shoot again. So I, I, uh, chamber another round. I shot him at the second time and hit him right exactly where I needed to hit him. Right. Pretty much behind the shoulder. And he just dropped over and rolled down the hill. So that was my, uh, what that was was what was my you, experience. Yeah. What um, I get? bought a Savage 110, and I got it in 6.5 Creedmoor. Okay. Um, Why one did of you the, make that decision? Because I wanted to learn how—I don't do any long-range or precision rifle shooting, and I always wanted to learn that. So I thought, well, if I get the Creedmoor, I've been reading that, okay, that's a good one to do that with— Plus, it'll work for the hunting trip. You have great so, excuses so for that's buying why, new guns. Oh, that's not the best excuse, because my buddy that invited me said, I got all the rifles, I got everything, oh, you don't need anything. Oh. I said, of course I do. What do you mean I don't need anything?
2: Well, if anything was being, because he's buying a, a dual-purpose rifle, I would have been like, well, I need one for hunting and one for precision. Well, without One to doubt. practice. and
1: No, you don't have to. Cor- you know, you don't have to convince me. Uh, was, Are you kidding?
2: He was being very. Uh, I know. Responsible. I go so. get
1: a new chainsaw. I think I want to cut something down.
2: <laughs> what was a lot of fun, I, and
3: I'm glad I got my. I had my pig by what about five thirty, maybe.
1: So you went back to the cabin.
3: And no, no, no. What we did? Well, we went and parked again in the valley. Are you
1: only allowed one per per shooter? I think you can
3: get one per tag. I just bought one tag. Oh, okay. Because that one's plenty. How now. big is this guy? Uh mine was about 150 pounds. So uh
1: um, that that's gonna be dressed
3: good. out at about seventy seven yeah. pounds, I think is what they said. So um so went and parked again, and then the same thing. About fifteen minutes later, another pig on another hill, we go zipping up there, uh we screech to a halt, my partner jumps out and the guy shoot, 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 and he shoots one, and his was bigger. So he got his on the first shot, was uh they said about two hundred and fifty pounds. Jeez. So um, I think he mine was waddling. Mine should be a better eating pig, but uh, we'll, we'll see.
2: What did you learn about shooting under pressure?
3: Uh, I learned a couple of things, and I actually want to use this when I teach because you know they always talk about the adrenaline and all this stuff. Yeah. And it was very interesting because um, they didn't. We don't. Nobody was wearing hearing protection. All right. And I was thinking, okay, I've got my little electronic ones. I was thinking I'll put them in, but I never got around to doing it. And I fired those two shots, and my rifle was pretty loud. And I didn't hear a thing. I mean, I heard like two little pops. That was pretty much it. So, that auditory exclusion, I think, is a real thing. The other thing is. Auditory um, exclusion is? Is uh, not being able to hear the shots. They say a lot of times when people are involved in shooting incidents, they shoot and they don't they don't hear it especially if their adrenaline is roaring. Well, yeah and that's what i'm thinking so certainly i mean obviously this isn't like a shootout but there's a fair amount of adrenaline when you're screeching at a halt and the guide is yelling shoot,
5: shoot, Plus, shoot you shoot. wanted to
3: hit it well yes yeah, so i did that the other thing is i don't remember i had to ask my um my friend um you know did i was i leaning on the atv or was i standing just freestanding because i couldn't remember that at all and i was freestanding the other thing i couldn't remember is um is how far out the pig was, and they said it was probably just under a hundred yards. Maybe and did you lead it, or did or you shoot straight for a spot? No, I, I shot straight at it. Yeah, the the rifle bullet's pretty fast, so uh, mm. so I shot right at it. But it was interesting. All those things. I was conscious of uh, working the bolt because it's a bolt action rifle. And one of the things um, when I was practicing, my my friend was saying you gotta you gotta practice cha- you know shooting and chambering in the other round real quickly because you have to do that sometimes. And I remember being conscious of running the bolt, but not really thinking about it. So the wow. the adrenaline thing is real, but it was a blast. I um, no blast. Definitely so want to go, go do it year. again. Oh yeah, so yeah we're planning next. Did year the already. pig have
2: pants on? <clears throat>
3: Uh, I hope sometimes they and do. A sometimes.
2: And a little hat. And a little Porky, no pants. Three little pigs, overalls. So sometimes they do. Sometimes well, yeah, they
1: don't. Yeah. You know, that's very, very that's good. You know, I, I you.
3: must have blocked that out in the adrenaline rush there when I if was. If you student. didn't
1: hear the shot, then yeah, you blocked ask, everything out. Let me ask
2: my
3: buddy out. if he had pants or not on there. <laughs> there you go. Oh, they were Levi's. That's
1: so
2: tune in next week to find out if his pig had pants. That's
1: right. All right, don't touch that dial. We're gonna take a quick break. When we come back, there's gonna be a whole lot more. In fact, Beretta Brandy from Fortune Firearms, hopefully, will be on the line right here on FM 96.1 AM 1170, The Answer. All right, folks. Hey, welcome back to Gun Owners Radio,
3: FM 96.1. AM 1170, the answer. Brandy Joseph, uh, also known as the Beretta brand not the Beretta Brandy, Beretta Brandy from Fortune Firearms is next.
1: Oh, but first, do you know we have a world-class training school here in San Diego? Pilots can fly almost every single day. And we're close to the ocean, the desert, the mountains, international borders, and even a major military base. That's why San Diego is one of the best places to learn how to fly in the world. You can learn to fly in sunny San Diego. That's right, right off Montgomery Field. And getting started real easy. Call them at 858-569-1822. Or just go to learn to fly with SDFTI. But I'd call them, 858-569-1822.
2: Now, didn't we learn last week on uh, Stump My Nephew that Beretta makes wine? Yes, we did. So, Beretta Brandy? I don't think Boy, it's, I don't think you're talking about I don't think we're, don't miss, think we're talking
1: about spirits. We're missing well, I don't know, those are two good spirits <laughs> from a wine company. So,
2: Brandy are you on the line? I am. How are you?
6: I am good. And you?
2: Fantastic. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Tell us, how did you get the nickname Beretta Brandy?
6: Um, well, Beretta's my favorite gun.
2: <laughs> which uh, which one do you like?
6: The PX4 Storm, 40 caliber. Oh, which wow. it might be something different if I had access to a little bit more in California, but that's it for now.
2: Isn't that horrible? so, okay, so tell people, give give your background. You you run a uh, a gun shop, right up in yeah. T- tell people who you are.
6: Um, I run a firearm dealership in Sage. That's about seven miles east of Temecula Wine Country, near Owanga. And um, I also run a training school, so I have a few certified trainers that work for me as well.
2: Wow, very cool. Now, as a dealer in California, how do, you were saying that, hey, if you had access to other firearms, that might change. Um, you're talking about, of course, the safe hand, the quote-unquote safe handgun roster, uh, which, we, yeah. which we have a lawsuit. I'm a named plaintiff in San Diego County Gun Owners, a named plaintiff in that lawsuit. We're trying very hard to get rid of that. How does that affect you as a dealer?
6: Um, Well, a couple of things that it does, it it, it creates a predatory environment for any FFL that is operating in California. Um, Our suppliers, everything that we see on the website, anything coming to California, just that one or two additional features marks our guns up one to two hundred dollars. And, you know, there's really not too much meat left on the bone once it comes to California gun sales. Um, Wow. Um, It obviously limits what we're allowed to have. And it puts um, firearm ownership out of reach to an average low-income household when you have the majority of the firearms that are on a roster are five, six, seven hundred dollars, and we don't have access to the two, three hundred dollar reliable guns that somebody can just purchase just to protect your home.
2: Well, and one of the, the so that the uh, lead plaintiff is uh, Rena Lana Rena, and she actually uh, is a part of the lawsuit because she wants to buy a Shield EZ, an M and P Shield EZ, and the reason she needs the EZ, uh, they call it EZ because it's easier to to rack the slide, right?
1: Mm-hmm. And she the 380.
2: Yeah, and she has uh, yeah. um, she has uh, difficulty with her hand dexterity. And so she needs that. And so it's really more of, it's, mm-hmm. a, it's almost an ADA case more than it's a Second Amendment case. Um, but, you yeah. know.
6: It, it, it definitely is. It definitely is. And I can vouch for that in my in my experience because when I have older women that come out mm-hmm. and they want to purchase their firearms, you know, their only options are that the, the 9 millimeter slides aren't that easy for them to rack on the, you know, anything, a SIG, a Smith and Wesson or anything like that that's. That's small enough for them to handle, so they want to go 380. But you only have one or two 380 options, and that's the um, is it the P238? Yeah, which is just the oddest gun ever. And um, <laughs>
2: what don't you like about the P238? Or,
6: um, just the grip on it. It's almost like a clap. Like you clap your hand to hold it. You don't get a full round grip around it. It's it's the odd gun. Yeah, it's cute.
2: now how did you get into firearms how did you become a dealer
6: i've always owned firearms um since i was legally able to but during the pandemic um, i was working for a contractor in marietta and um well actually before the pandemic I, i was a home inspector so i went into a lot of homes him it was predominantly my community i worked there for 13 years i had been in and out of probably about Mm, somewhere between twenty seven and three thousand homes a year, I went into by myself. Oh my gosh! And at the time, um, so yeah, I did it for years, and it wasn't until about twenty twenty when I started feeling unsafe. That's when things started getting, you know, political time climate started changing, and I started seeing a lot more of what I what I wasn't comfortable with after doing it for twelve years. So um, I had seen somebody when I was in Hemet in in the Walmart, which was like a really odd situation. He wouldn't stop talking to me. But, you know, because I worked in um, sober living homes, things like that, I would still go into those type of locations by myself. Mm. And I'd seen somebody at the Walmart in Hemet. He wouldn't stop talking to me, talking to me all the way outside, all the way to my car. And by the time I got home, my husband was like, you should probably get your carry permit. I'm like, you know what? that'd be a good idea so at least if i'm not in public if i'm in public by myself or with my kids i mean the guy could have easily hopped in the car and followed me home well home for me is a 14 mile stretch with nothing Hmm. so if anything happens on the road i'm by myself still at that point so i went and um went through the process of getting my concealed carry that wasn't the easiest thing in the world um you know ran into a couple people that Weren't so helpful, but um, I ended up going into Counter-Strike and Hemet with Greg, may he rest in peace, he's, he's an awesome person. He really actually set me on the path, the right path to get my CCW. Hmm. Um, directed me to the right people, talked to me about my good cause statement and my qualifying shoot and all those things. So after meeting with him, I was ready to go. So after that, I went and got past my qualification. And um, I was actually going back and forth to the range with Jackie at PMS. You had her on a few weeks ago. That's one of my really good.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She's awesome.
6: Yeah. So I was actually going back and forth to Rainbow with her spending time on the range with her. And she kept telling me, you should train. You should train. You should train. I'm like, you know what? You know, I started realizing what a demand it was for women to be on the range training. Mm. You know, it was really hard. And that was also from my experience getting my concealed carry. It was. You know, you got the guy that walks on the on the on the range wearing, you know, leg rigs and um, armor, and you know he's militant. And to him, there's such things as dumb questions. And you know, when you're talking about guns, you should be able to ask the dumb and the intelligent questions. But that rapport just wasn't there with him. So I was like, you know, what? maybe we should. I should, you know, go into firearm training. So I did. But during that process, it was also um, I was looking for the right concealed carry firearm. I wanted to put more than one on and me going in and out of the gun stores. I wasn't, um, you know, fighting the person who would sit down and actually talk to me about my gun needs. Buying a gun, you have to have a reason, you know, well, not have a reason, but most people purchase it for a reason. Right. Why, you know, where are you going to keep it? Do you want to keep it at home? as a home defense or is it going to be eventually be concealed carry? If it's a concealed carry, we gotta, you can conceal it. So I finally went into Ammo Brothers in Paris, and one of the managers there just sat me down, and he let me hold everything, showed me my holster, and was like, this is what you do. what so I'm like, okay, well, that makes sense. So after a while, I was talking to my husband again, and he's like, well, you have such a bad gun-buying experience. You know, why don't you get your dealer license and make that easier for women?
2: Well, and you said, let I'm me like, ask you. you know I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I didn't mean to interrupt. Yeah.
6: No, I was just you know I agreed with him. I was like, you know what? that's that's true,
2: but there's so, one thing you said uh, at the beginning that I really want to make sure we talk about. You said that the political environment had changed, and that was one of the considerations for wanting to defend yourself. Can you talk about that what do you, What do you mean by that?
6: Um Just more comments that I' get out of people when I'm in their homes, you know um, you know, racial comments that I get from people. I've been doing that for twelve years. I've never had anybody just come right out and say that they didn't agree with me being in their house. But at that point, people felt really free to tell me that. And it was like, oh, okay. We're telling you that or, they didn't
2: want you in their house?
6: Oh, yeah. I had a man sit and tell me to his face, oh, yeah, my dad just died a few weeks ago. If he was alive, you wouldn't be here. And I'm just like, oh, that's awesome. And I had somebody else not want to let me in my in the house and call my office and ask for either a white man or, or a white woman. So, wow. What? The reception, oh yeah, it was crazy, and I have been doing it for so long. So to start getting this, it was like, all right, this seems to be getting a little bit more more consistent. The comments and things like that. You know, when people are in their home, they act different.
2: That's crazy. You know, that's it's when they're think, in
6: public and people see it, they they're they're afraid of their peers. So, um
2: what, what after so
6: that I started feeling it a little.
2: That's that's insane. I know black gunners make up the a huge probably the largest segment of new gun owners uh recently Mm -hmm. in the last few years um what what, are you are you seeing that and why do you is it because of what you just described or why do you think it is
6: um i think it's partially what we just what i described and i also believe it's partially just because there's a lot more firearm trainers and a lot more Um, African-Americans getting more involved in the gun world and representation is everything. If you don't ever see anybody doing it or anybody, you know, actively doing it or or living the life or things like that, it's so far fetched for you to actually be that person. And now that they're starting to see a lot more of, you know, people, um, you know, we have Redstone firearm dealership. They're a huge dealership
2: in Uh, LA
6: yeah, and Burbank, they've been there forever. They had another branch. They also have other businesses that they run that are just huge. You know, I think it's partially representation. I
2: I can't even fathom I can't even fathom that. I can't believe in 2022. I grew up in North Florida, um which, you know, is basically lower Alabama, and in the <laughs> in the 80s we moved there in the in the late in the early 80s we moved there, which was 10 maybe 15 years uh, more like 10 years prior they actually had KKK marches down Main Street and you know when we move so it's we're not that far removed you know No,
6: we really are and you know a lot of those people who marched in those are still alive and they raise kids so it's it's still alive in there. It's just not as up in front in our face
2: anymore. Well, I've never really understood why it, uh, firearms ownership hasn't been more popular in in the black community in America. Because, uh, and I'm glad it's starting to become that way. And we've encouraged it. and We've actually have classes and uh, groups uh, of folks who've moved, moved reached out to us and said, "Hey, we want to see more uh, more more outreach to the black community." And I, yeah, let's do it. Let's support it. So, thank you for doing what you what you do. Uh, Fortune Firearms, which is FortuneFirearms.com We have Beretta Brandy Thank you so much, Brandy, appreciate it Look forward to talking to you a lot more
6: Thank you, You have a good day
2: Alright, happy 4th of July Good to
6: you too
1: Alright, Gun Owners Radio, FM 96 AM 1170, The Answer We'll be back mm. Alright folks, hey, welcome back To Gun Owners Radio FM 961AM 9 1170. The answer. PRMI Mortgage. Primerez.com slash Alpine. Hey, if you're interested in looking to buy, refi, or if just maybe reverse mortgage information, call our mortgage guy, Chris Wiley at PRMI Mortgage. For nearly 25 years, Chris has been helping local San Diegans with all their mortgage needs. They make it super easy. Work with a friendly expert team that will help you get the best deal on a mortgage. Call Chris Wiley. Six one nine seven two two one three zero three. 722 1303 to just go to primeres.com slash Alpine
2: so we want to talk even more we just talked about it at the beginning we talked about it with Beth we want to talk even more about the Bruin decision and, and really truly make clear that the the important thing to remember is that there is no more subjectivity that's really what what happened and not just in you know the good cause like everybody's really focused on getting rid of good cause which is great that's important um, but no subjectivity across the board. So you're seeing California. You know, did you watch the uh, the press conference the attorney general gave on, on Friday? Joe? No, I didn't see it. It was vile. It was no less than vile. Mm-hmm. He was basically saying, "Look, uh, you know, we respect Second Amendment, but mm-hmm. you know, we're tired of all the you know of all these uh, gun owners." He was basically implying that CCW holders were responsible for deplorable well we're responsible for like school shootings and that sort of thing
3: let's say that's the standard response sure. exactly what the governor said and what else is uh, he gonna York. say i mean that's that's the vile. standard response
2: it's vile so anyway he he started talking about like well hey all right they said no good cause but they didn't say they they, they said we still have uh, you know moral good moral character and basically the implication was that they were going to shift all the subjectivity over and call it good moral character. And that was going to be constitutional. Mm-hmm. It's not going to stand.
3: Yeah. No. Well, part of what they're doing, I think was in New York. if I remember right. Yeah. I think part of the New yep. York thing was they want to review. Uh, now when you, you uh, purchase a firearm, they're going to review your social media. Is mm-hmm. that, was that was, I think that was the New York one. Cause so I got a mix up sometimes. Uh, I don't know if that was being, yeah. uh, being proposed out here yet, or uh, that was New York. I think it was the New York uh, <sighs> law. And okay, and that goes to the, what you were just talking about—the good character thing, right? So now, now some goofball bureaucrat is going to determine, uh, you know, whether I have good character by by looking at my Facebook posts, right? Yeah, you know, and and that's the kind of stuff they're going to do, though. That's that's and who why makes saying, that ruling, well, exactly. That's what you're. saying. It's sa- subjective. That's what we're saying. Yeah, and the <laughs> you know, so the the fight is just starting here again. But like you were saying, we did we have more tools
2: now. We have a, a nice yeah, we have a, a nice big tool for in the toolbox called the bruin decision. John Dylan told us when he left the other night so much for vacation. <laughs>
1: Cuz he's got he said he's, he's got said, a lot going on. I'm going to be so busy in the next couple of years. He says I'm glad I went on the one I went on when I went on. it.
2: Well, look for we're actually we're sent, he, say? He, hmm? he said he's glad he, went <laughs> on he, went yeah, he went on the one he went on when he went on the one he went on. When he went on the way on. He uh, look for uh, San Diego, Orange, and River, or in Inland Empire. To uh, we're going to send out a uh, response to the Attorney General, the the, uh, the Governor, and uh, the uh, uh, pro tem leader in the Senate, uh, calling for an independent investigation for for in essence being doxed. That's exactly what happened. Every CCW I agree. holder got doxed. And just tell them if you need more information on me, just check your list that you exposed. yeah really. So, but the important thing to remember, you know, a lot of people are, 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 there's a lot of fear that even though this was a huge victory, that they're somehow going to make CCWs harder to get than it was well, before.
1: They're, they're, it's like we slapped them, now they're going to punch
2: us. Yeah, and, and I, I want to assure everybody that maybe there will be some bumps in the short term, but this, as long as we fight, as long as we stay organized and do the things that we need to do. So we have to prove they did it, did it purposely for it to be illegal.
3: Well, well it, that, that's a different story. Yeah, right.
2: it's two, two different things. So the no, doxing I know, thing, but but the, still. The, the the doxing thing, honestly, is really really difficult. Um, as far as like a lawsuit, you know, if, if Exxon or some corporation wrongs you, it's pretty easy to, to say, hey, uh, here's here are the damages. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're taking you to court, you know. But the reality is, it's actually very 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 difficult to sue your your government. Mm-hmm. It's it's almost impossible to sue your government sure. for damages, and it's because of the Eleventh Amendment. Which I think we do a whole show on how they misinterpreted the Supreme Court misinterpreted the Eleventh Amendment. Look it up, everybody. Um, but it, what they've decided is, hey, you can't sue your government for for damages. The other thing is, you know, how do you prove damages? Um, so even if we could prove damages, of course, you know, if, if we could, if you could find somebody who was attacked or, or, you know, was hacked or something like that and you found the person that did it and you found out that the person that did it only did it because they found their information from being doxxed, you know, there's a case, but then again, suing the government for damages right. is next to impossible. And, and what you're going to spend in lawyer fees will curl your hair. It, it, well, and if you win, you know, the lawyer gets paid by the state, but that kind of stuff's really, really difficult to do. Yeah. But what we do want to definitely focus on is holding, making sure that, that we put pressure on them and hold them accountable, mm-hmm. making sure that the folks who are elected and are friendly with yeah us, vote them out, well, vote new in. But the ones that are friendly with us, they need to step up and do anything, <laughs> which is next to impossible. More than nothing, better than nothing. Um, and uh, it's it, but but it's important to understand that. The long game is to make sure that they they don't get some of the stupid stuff done that they want to try to get done. you know making it making it illegal to uh, carry with a CCW but don't they think anywhere. if they keep it in court
1: if they keep coming up with all these silly ideas and they know they're not going to win. I mean they already know it because it's frivolous. So they th- so they tie us up in court do you think that could be a goal?
2: Well, it could be, but you know, Joe used to say, we used to talk about how, hey, we never get the injunction. Right? We never get the injunction. I, I believe that this Supreme Court case is uh flips that. I think that we are gonna be the the, the the team that gets the injunction now. Um, you know, it used to be that they'd say, "nah, eh, law stands and then it'll take ten years for them to prove that it's unconstitutional right. or whatever. I think that with this one of the one of the advantages of having this uh this new tool in our in our 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 tool chest mm-hmm. is uh, that we are going to get the injunction now. Now, who who knows what's going to happen in the, in the Ninth Circuit? But um, that's I believe that we are going to get the injunction. Now. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, you just can't give up.
3: Well, yeah, and that's that's what I was about to say too. And it's oh. it's important that, um, and I say this in the article too. Like I feel like I'm getting preachy in the article at the end because I always tell people, hey, all right, now what can you do? And the answer is always the same. And it's just like Michael says, you know, get involved, step up, do something figure out what it is you're good at, what you can do and get in and do that kind of stuff. I mean, support groups because, um, as these laws get proposed, things come out, there's going to be groups like, uh, what firearms policy coalition, gun owners of California, a number of good groups are going to bring these lawsuits. You know, we'll do what we can to support that. And everybody should be doing that. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know you got to get in there and step up and fight this as they come up with these things you got to knock them down one at a time. As they come up because they are going to i think what you like you just mentioned they're going to try to do whatever it is they can do to make it more difficult for people to do this now will they be successful you know probably not but they're certainly going to try to do it
1: they're going to tie and, you up i for mean as long they, as there's they all can. sorts
3: of things they can do with fees with requirements with this with that with those restrictions so it's just people need to get together and they, they need to support the groups that are fighting this stuff. Well,
2: I, you know, I've been involved, directly involved with, with real true Second Amendment activism for something like 14, 15 years now. And I've been a gun owner in California since 1997, I believe. So that's however many years that is, 20-something. And, you know, I, I run into people over and over again, gun owners, who don't think anything good can ever happen. You know, oh, we'll never, we'll never, we'll never. Okay, well, a lot of good things have happened. A lot of bad things have happened, but a lot of good things have happened, but too. But that's what the left is hoping for. Well, but the, the folks who are, I believe that they don't really think that nothing good can happen. I believe that it's an excuse for not being involved. and And all that has been put to bed. We have three Supreme Court decisions. Since I started getting active, we've had three Supreme Court decisions that are on our side. Um, you know, we've gotten CCWs, which mm-hmm. people said we never had. We got CCWs, and then we got a Supreme Court decision about CCWs. Mm-hmm. So everybody out there, if you're skeptical, if you know people that are skeptical, done. That's done. We've proven again and again. Now you have no excuse to not get involved. You have no excuse to either, you know, become a member of San Diego County Gun Owners or Orange County Gun Owners or Inland Empire. The very least, 10 bucks a month, $100 mm-hmm. per year. Um, but then also show up at a meeting. Show up at a meeting and mm-hmm. say, hey, how can I get involved? What can I do? You know, the people that are at the shooting socials, that are manning the, uh, the the tabletops, the people that are giving the CCW seminars like Joe does at, at Power Weapons of Gear twice a month, the people that are doing these things, that are growing the community and advancing the cause, they're not asking, what can I do? You know, mm-hmm. they already know. They already know what they can do because they're doing it. So if you really, truly want to feel fulfilled and get involved, uh, get involved with us. We make activism easy. We say it. We mean it. And it's fun. It is a lot of fun. It is a lot of fun. So, and also, Joe will teach you how to hunt a pig. That's right. <laughs> Clean it. Got it. That's so, right when are you going again, man? I'll tell you what I know.
3: Uh, we're already, you know, I've got my little envelope cause that I throw money in, so I've already started saving for the next one. But um,
1: what's it cost?
3: Uh, this one was uh, altogether eight fifty, I guess, and um, oh, eight
1: hundred fifty bucks. That's yeah, it?
3: which is uh, I, I thought was completely reasonable. We, we drove up on Friday, we hunted Saturday, we drove back on Sunday. Put you in a tent and um no put us in a nice uh four bedroom little farmhouse uh there was a facility there so what we ended up doing was you know we got all the pigs there's eight people so they got eight pigs we all go back to the uh, farmhouse there's an outbuilding there where the guides um they skin the pigs they uh, they cut them in half stuck them in the refrigerator or freezer did you watch, did you watch them and yeah it was great while well, i was drinking my beer because there's a little bar built off to the side of that uh facility as well so um yeah and they did that then the next day we threw the meat in the cooler brought it down on the way home we found the processor that my friend had used the last couple of years so drop the meat off and we'll go back and pick it up in a week or two and you get a
1: picture with your pig
3: and we're done
2: i got all sorts of pictures what what are you gonna end up with as far after they get done processing it like give us an idea
3: so i did the only thing two things i did not ask for because this is my first time so i wanted to try out the different things um, the different cuts, uh, I did not get the ham steaks because they said you have to, you know, you have to cure them and treat them and stuff. So I didn't feel like messing with that. I did not get bacon because, uh, the boar, the wild pigs are much more lean mm. than, you know, the domestic ones are. So the bacon they say doesn't, you know, isn't. Doesn't give you what you want. Um, so, but I told them that, yeah, cut everything else. I definitely want back straps cause I've made those before and those are tasty. I got a good recipe for smoking those um a tenderloin uh they're gonna cut chops for me uh they're gonna give me ribs so i'm gonna try all that stuff out the other thing i got was uh, a bunch of sausage so they're gonna make me hot italian and sweet italian sausage um and then i'll see how all this tastes this year and then next year i'll
2: alter that maybe a little bit so, uh, uh, do you get the tongue, tongue no tongue no tongue i didn't see the heads so uh, the heads they did away with what am i what am i coming over dude i'm not even joking when am I coming over for the, all that? Yeah, let some. me get this stuff
3: down here and we'll it How many it
2: pounds
1: out. did you say you, you fixed for him?
3: How many pounds? 77 is uh, what we got. I so guess that's you, an afternoon. I was going to say, I guess you go by
2: yourself. <laughs> that's me and Joe in an afternoon right there. And a case of beer. I can, I can fit that into the uh, smoker, I think. You me, and, you, me, and the pugs. You,
1: you going to smoke it all at the same time? Probably not. No. Okay. probably. Not. All right. Now that everybody's starving. Thank you very much, Joe. This is Gun Owners Radio, FM 961, AM 1170, The Answer. All right, folks, welcome back to Gun Owners Radio. FM 96.1 AM 1170. The answer. Hey, do you feel safe and are you protected? Well, it's time to take ownership of your self-defense journey. The U.S. Concealed Carry Association believes the key ingredient is being responsible, a responsible firearms owner, and properly trained and educated. The USCCA offers comprehensive training that helps you avoid danger while keeping you and your loved ones happy. More than 650,000 responsibly armed Americans like you have made the responsible decision to take control of protecting themselves and their families. Get hands-on training from a certified instructor, and you can learn how to avoid danger, defend yourself, and protect your loved ones. Take responsibility for your own safety and visit uscca.com backslash G-O-R.
2: Make sure you put the G-O-R in there. Stands for gun owners radio all right so it's time for everybody's favorite segment of course we found out i don't know how many years ago that my nephew sam sam the gunman is a uh um what's the term joe did we settle out? no we never, no, we never have yeah. we never settle he's just really good at trivia yeah he's really he's good. a really good at trivia
1: guy well um, let's just say i don't know let's not give him more than he can handle but how about gun trivia gun trivia
2: Actually, he's good at all trivia. Does
1: that work, Sam, or are you a
2: trivia guy?
5: Um, I don't know. I, I really didn't think I was much of a trivia guy, but I, I guess that's what I'm known for in that uh, part of the he's world. He's definitely not a trivial guy.
1: No, but like if I asked him about a 1918 dual hack, he may not know what I mean. What's a 1918 dual hack, Sam?
5: I don't know. I'm not a, a car and motorcycle
1: See, guy. So you're not um, a so. Okay. So stick with the gun trivia. You're you're good. Excuse, I think it would say I'd say military. Yeah, military. Um, guns, armament, guns, history, war zones, battles, foreign are, affairs. Are, are you into
5: battles? Um, not not too not too too much. Okay. What's another a, a aviation? Yeah. I c- I can do some aviation.
2: Yeah, some history on it. Uh, religion. Yeah, I think you know some religion here yeah. and there. Knows you did <laughs> Mike Schwartz trivia. That'd be scary. I don't know what, what I don't know what color piece of pie that is in Trivial <laughs> sc- <laughs> pursuit, but uh, some kind of off. So we got a really off, off we, brown yeah, kind of a. Have, have we got gray. a bad? Have we got a bad question for? Oh you? yeah, all right. Is that why we're lagging? Yes. No. 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 I. I don't know. I think this is a good question. All right. Uh, so if you send in a question, if you know some gun trivia. And uh, you send in a question. If we use it, we'll give you a hat or a shirt. If you stump my nephew, we'll give you a very, very special prize. We were given tickets to gun prom. I'm not sure what we're doing now. Let's let's wait and see if Jay from Los Angeles uh, can stump my nephew. Jay writes in, very simple question. What is a Dardick pistol? D-A-R-D-I-C-K. What is a Dardick pistol?
5: James from Los Angeles, or uh, J- what was it, J from Jay yep. yeah, J from Los Angeles? yep. Yeah, uh, Jay from Los Angeles. Thanks very much for writing in. Um, sorry you have to live in Los Angeles, but uh, hey. you know, I guess someone's got to do it. I yeah. guess someone's got to take one for the team. Uh, the Dardick pistol, also known as the Dardick revolver, um, I, I think the fact that it is referred to by those two names uh, speaks to how weird it is, um, is... Basically, it's a semi-automatic revolver, kind of. It combines the rotating cylinder of a revolver up top, but it feeds from a magazine. The cylinder is partially open, and the magazine pushes cartridges into the cylinder from the bottom. The cylinder rotates the rounds up in line with the barrel where they discharge, and then rotates the spent casings um, a little bit farther through the circle uh, where they're ejected. I it, it makes sense if you look well no it doesn't make sense it makes more sense if you look at it I hope my my description did it justice
2: David Dardick invented his namesake pistol in 1954 which crossbred a pistol and a revolver a combat uh, compact body with a minimum of moving parts it shot a tround. what's a tround? do you know what a tround is
5: Yeah, that was his marketing name for a triangular round. Um, It's it's sort of shaped like a a rounded triangle in cross-section because it has to be rotationally symmetrical but still um, fill the exterior part of a circle.
2: It shot a tround, a cartridge with a triangular polymer case with rounded corners uh, with the bullet fully sunken in the case. The dartic pistol didn't take off because the cartridge is frequently cracked and was impossible to reload on their own. So I would say that you did not, sir stump, my nephew. Boy, did you not. Correct. Congratulations, man. Wow, triangular bullet. Hm. Yeah. Drowned. I like that. Trowned? Yeah. How like did that. you do you remember how how did you come across this information, Sam?
5: You I don't know, me that, that that's one of those like it's it's weird enough and unique enough that 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 sort of sticks.
2: Now I know, so you got to get this informa- information from somewhere. Are, are you watching YouTube or reading? Like, what are some? What's a favorite YouTube channel or what's a favorite resource for some of this? You know, stuff that you know about guns.
5: Um, I I, I get it from from all sorts of places. I I always try and make sure I'm looking at some kind of a reliable source uh, when I get my information, mm-hmm. but. Um, I mean, is there a particular com- commentator or influencer
2: or expert that you're particularly fond of?
5: So there, there are kind of different levels of this, and as um, a lot of you listening might know, um, I write, um, I, I write magazine articles. Uh, some of them about firearms, some about military history in general. But um, there, it's like you can kind of imagine it as an iceberg. You have your surface levels, who are people who. Um, go out and do research and talk about the topics your secondary sources like. Um, Forgotten Weapons is a popular YouTube channel uh, that has that type of content. But when you get down below the surface of the water and you're trying to be an authoritative source on this kind of thing, you really have to hit the primary sources. And when I'm doing my writing, that's what I like to do. So um, sometimes when I'm talking about these topics, uh, some of what I say is informed by looking at actual testing reports and documentation, and memoirs by people who worked on uh, various weapons development projects. But unfortunately, a lot of it is just stuff that I've had to pick up from secondary sources, um, and and that I don't have access to original materials on.
2: Now, but I mean, you're someone you're becoming somewhat of an expert yourself. I mean, at the the ripe old age of what are you 22 now? <laughs> yeah. You're actually going to be on a podcast episode, right? You want to tell us a little bit about that?
5: It's true, yes. So um, I freelance, uh, I I write freelance for Leatherneck, the magazine of the Marine Corps, which is published by the Marine Corps Association. And they also have a podcast called Scuttlebutt, which has all sorts of different, uh, all sorts of content about various Marine Corps oriented topics um, that are sure to be interesting for civilians as well. Uh, some civilians, definitely, um, and they. Uh, we recently recorded an episode which should be up in uh, tomorrow. Should be up tomorrow. Um, about uh, partially about my recent article on the M1 rifle, and so I talk a little bit about that. Um, we also have the Arms and Armament Curator from the Marine Corps Museum on that same episode. And we, uh, we do almost a little bit of a panel discussion on um, John Garand's most famous design. John who? John Garand, or Garand <laughs> if you prefer, but he, he pronounced it Garand. Actually. So doing that so that people wouldn't call me out and say, actually, he pronounced it Garand. And then much to my dismay, I became one of those people.
2: That's awesome! So you, you're on this podcast, and you're going to be talking. That's very cool, man! Congratulations! Now, where do people find if they want to listen to it? Where is there a website, or where do they go? What do they What do they search? What do they do?
5: Um, I believe it's up on the major podcast platforms, like uh, I, I think Apple Pod Apple Podcasts, Spotify.
1: Yeah. You uh, still certain- what? What name do they punch in? Say again. Just what do they write in? Scuttlebutt or Leatherneck or Leatherneck. Uh,
5: is the name of the podcast yeah,
2: Leatherneck? So, so, okay, do sc- Scuttlebutt. scuttlebutt. No, it'll, it'll come up on any yeah. major podcast service provider.
5: Yeah, Leatherneck is the magazine, Scuttlebutt is the podcast. Both are produced by the Marine Corps Association.
2: Nice and perfect. Uh, and Leatherneck is is uh, Marine uh, content uh, oriented. Yes. Or if you want to annoy your mom, say orientated. <laughs>
5: Yeah, that's, that's great. It, um, it, as I said, it uh, this episode in particular should be interesting for people who have no military experience and are just interested in uh, historical firearms. But, um, yeah, it's. I, I mean, I've, I've never been in the Marine Corps, and I thought it was interesting, but then again, I was on it, so who am I to judge? <laughs> and you enjoyed it. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Um, just what, what a podcast sort of is is just – people sitting around talking and as the listener you get to vicariously uh participate in the conversation i guess um so if it sounds if, like a Dwight- radio show
1: there you go well that's how radio started it was mainly as a podcast well no it was a mainly a call-in show and then they realized they needed to make a lot of money off of it and the only way to do it was to break the show up and sell advertising where with a podcast you know, usually you've got some video program that goes with it and commercials and everything just streams through there and you don't have to break. There you go.
2: So if you want to hear Sam, you yeah. want to hear the podcast on any podcast provider, do a search for Scuttlebutt or just go to mca-marines.org excuse me mca and check them out there. Thank you, Sam. Awesome job. We did not as stump always. you.
5: Thank you very much for having me on, as always. And everyone, thanks very much for listening. Keep them coming.
2: Happy New Year, my friend, or happy Fourth of July.
5: Happy New, you. Happy New Year, too. Yeah.
1: All right. Hey, folks, don't go anywhere. Subscribe to our show and give us a five-star. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, and stop by our sponsors and thank them, San Diego County, Orange County, Inland Empire, Gun Owners, the Dillon Law Group, B R M I Mortgage, Sage Digital Marketing, SC01, Leo Hamill's Fine Jewelry, San Diego Flight Training International, and our newest partner, U.S. Concealed Carry Association you might get Joe. Hey, I do want to thank Joe, Michael, and Sam the Gunman, and Brendan Thomas right here on FM 96.1 1170, and Bob Siegel's in the house.
2: Don't touch that dial. The answer.